Transmitting over the airwaves from sunny East Hollywood. East Hollywood. Comes the show where we explore our guests' life and culture and how food shaped that experience. From their first slice of pizza to the restaurant they really wish was still open, this is Food POV with your host, Jason Parker. And welcome to Food POV. I'm your host, Jason Parker, and with me is one of my good friends, Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Hello. Um, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a lazy Sunday. Nice, nice. You have a new doggy, right? I do. I do. She's sleeping in, the, in a little pool of sun right now. Well, can't beat that. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> I'm in a, a freezing cold room. It's the, uh, the the room with the best sound, so it's, it happens to be the coldest. So. Well, there you go. Hopefully you can't hear my teeth rattling. So where you're from New Jersey, correct? Crystal? I am from New Jersey. I, was, I thought about you this morning because I got a call from a telemarketer from Hackensack. <laughs> oh, joy. I didn't, I didn't answer. Um, it's nice though that phones now tell you when they're telemarketers calling yeah you'll get the Um, potential spam or yeah that's always good so tell me about um what was breakfast like growing up um a lot of cereal oh yeah (laughs) I, i know you discussed cereal with your mom on a previous podcast um and I wasn't allowed to have anything with sugar or dye. So if sugar was one of the first five ingredients, I couldn't, I couldn't have it. Hmm. So for me, it was a lot of like, um, of course, Cheerios, uh, hmm. grape nuts, which, you know, every kid loves grape nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they combine the two things children love the most, grapes and nuts. I know. Um, what else do we have? A uh, bran flakes. Uh, always at my oh. grandparents had like bran flakes and muesli and mucilex. Oh, oh, yeah. The grandparents love mucilex for some reason. And I could do instant oatmeal and cream of wheat, but it had to be no flavors. It was just, what? it was awful. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I was, I was super into the, um, cinnamon and raisin instant oatmeal. That was my my jam when I was younger. Well, now my favorite is the peaches and cream or the blueberries and oh, yeah. cream. Yeah. But the peaches is good. It's like there's little chunks of peaches in it's it. It's really good. You got to wonder what is that really that I'm eating? Because it's probably not peach. Not even <laughs> remotely related to a peach. No. No, no. Um, they grew it in a lab. <laughs> but yeah, it was. What about now? Were the, were the weekends different? That was like the school days with cereal were Saturday and Sunday different? Okay, yes. So I have super fond, really vivid memories of Saturday mornings at my grandparents' house. Um, So my my parents divorced when I was around five, or at least they separated when I was five. And so every other weekend, I would go stay with my dad, and he was living with my grandparents. And... Was the, the memory I have is that is so strong is waking up Saturday mornings, 
my grandmother wasn't awake. My dad was usually out teaching like a morning community college class. And it was just me and my grandpa. And I would wake up to the smell of coffee. I was, you know, little, so I didn't drink coffee. But that smell is so like burned into my memory. And I'd go out and he would make me scrambled eggs and usually bacon and some sort of juice. And we'd watch, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. And my grandmother would roll out of bed at like 11 or something. (laughs) (laughs) And one of like... I never, I don't like scrambled eggs unless my grandfather made them. And then I really liked them. And I never, I never knew why, like my mom would make them for me and I would be like, these are gross. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, I can't make your grandfather's eggs. So eventually we got the recipe from him and it's really not like a recipe, but a lot of people put a little cream or milk in their scrambled eggs Mm -hmm. and he just put a little bit of water and then he would put he would shred up uh craft like a craft singles Mm. but it had to be it couldn't be real cheese it had to be that like processed cheese product because Mm. it kind of just melds in with the eggs and you can't even tell that there's cheese in there and to this day that's if i'm making scrambled eggs which is rare i will make it that way and it is just perfect. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I was a big scrambled eggs guy as a kid. And it was always, my mom always had to put like cheddar cheese on it. We were always a cheddar cheese oh, family. Yeah. I don't think we, I don't even think we ever had craft Singles. Um, the only time we had craft Singles is if there was like maybe a, a barbecue was going to happen. And for some reason yeah. we had that for the, the, the hamburgers. They melt well. But, yeah, we stayed away from all the well, the artificial stuff. You know, you know, at home I didn't have any of that stuff, but at my grandparents' house, they would stock all my favorite foods that that my mom wouldn't let me eat. So I'm eating the, mm. you know, the Cheerios and the plain cream of wheat at home, and then when I come to my grandparents' house, they would have it stocked for me with. Oh my gosh, I still remember. Um, hers is a potato chip brand that's back east that's not out here I think it's out of Pennsylvania and so that's still my favorite chip brand and occasionally you'll find it at like a big lots and you're wondering how it got all the way out here but otherwise you can't find it in California um but their sour cream cream and onion chips are the best so my grandparents would always have that in the house for me Mm. and the little bottles of Canada dry ginger ale not 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 like a two liter bottle, only like the little glass bottles. Um, yeah. And Oreos, they'd always stock those for me because it's freaking Oreos. It's stuff I couldn't get at home. I've made I've made three Oreo milkshakes, uh, you know, Oreo and vanilla ice cream over the last like three days. I made I made two one day actually. Milkshakes are just oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty awesome. Um, what about what about lunch? What was what were you taking to school? <laughs> was it a Taylor ham? Were you doing a? Uh, we call them pork oh. roll in New Jersey. Pork rolls, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is a pork roll. Um, um, so, oh, my mom would hate if I was telling this story. She hates the story, and I love to tell it. So, I'll I'll tell you. We only have 11 listeners at the moment, so it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know? 
No one won't get back to her. So (laughs) my mom was, you know, single parent. She worked like four different jobs at one point. And she's always looking for a way to make streamline the whole process of getting up, getting out the door, having everything. So I remember in elementary school, we would, I think at the time we had a membership to like a BJ's or a Sam's Club or one of those places. And we would make my lunches for the whole month on like the first weekend of the month. And we'd get like little rolls and some like cheese and some lunch meat. And we make these little lunches and we'd wrap them up and we'd freeze them. So there'd be like 20 lunches in the freezer. And then the night before, I would take out the next day's sandwich and put it in the fridge so it would defrost. And then I'd take it to school in the morning. And by the time I ate lunch, it was like a regular sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Except that worked in theory, but not in practice. <laughs> so more often than not I would have a frozen middle of the sandwich then I would just eat around the edge of the sandwich and I didn't say anything because I knew my mom was trying really hard and I was you know I just didn't want to be a bother Mm -hmm. and this went on for quite some time and then one day I think my mom ended up taking a sandwich into work because she knew she wasn't going to get a lunch break (laughs) (laughs) so she must have eaten the frozen sandwich and I remember her sitting me down that evening and she's like hey so let's talk about lunch and I was like okay and she's like so are your sandwiches defrosted when you eat them or are they still frozen and I was like well sometimes they're still frozen and she's like sometimes or all the time and I was like well all the time (laughs) (laughs) and I remember she was so upset and I felt bad but now we laugh about it, obviously, it's like 30 years later. So you can laugh about that stuff after three decades. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of a, well, I, I went to pick up a, I, went, I put some water in a glass and I drank it. And it turned out my mom had just cleaned the glass out with Clorox, oh. but hadn't actually washed out the glass. Um, so that was fun. That was a tasty little. Oof. You know, um, I actually... Even back then, like, I I made it work for me because there was our neighbor whose family was, like, poor. I mean, we were all middle class, but, like, he was, like, definitely poor. And he would – his mom couldn't afford to put meat in his sandwiches, so he would eat um, just a slice of cheese and pickles. That was, like, his sandwich. So I didn't want my frozen sandwich and he wanted the meat. So we would like often switch lunches because for me, every once in a while, pickle and cheese sandwich was like, oh, that's kind of fun. It's not frozen, at least. And he was just he didn't care that it was frozen. He was happy to have the meat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the things that stick with you. I haven't thought about that in a while. Uh, Yeah. Craziness. (laughs) I know. Um, where do we, where do we go? Apparently the the English do eat pickle and cheese sandwiches. So maybe it was a traditional Mm -hmm. family thing. I don't know. I assumed it was because he was poor. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did his mom at least, did his mom at least try and give the, like the, the fake wheat bread or was it white bread? No, it wasn't white bread. It wasn't like Wonder Bread or anything. It was. Because my, my mom always used that, the, 
the brown bread, but like they it said it was whole wheat, but like looking back, it was just white bread that had been dyed brown, you know, like yeah. literally like there wasn't anything healthy about it, you know? <sighs> oh yeah. That's funny. All that stuff. Um, so, uh, give me dinner. Dinner. What was, uh, oh. did we stream, did we streamline dinners too? <laughs> I don't, dinners don't jump out as much to me as, um, I'm trying to think. I remember we had one night a week we got to have fast food night. And it was nice. Thursdays because I think I had like dance class in the evening or something. And it didn't let out until, I don't know, like 7.30 or 8. So we would, we would go and we'd stop and we'd pick up dinner on the way home. And back east, who, oh, who, well, this was with my mom. Well, I was going to say, so who won, who won the fast food war? Who was your favorite growing up? Well, back east, we didn't have as many choices as they do nowadays, mm-hmm. like out on the West Coast. But one of my favorites that disappeared um, was called Roy Rogers. And I think it got eventually bought by like the Hardee's company. Mm. But I love I loved Roy Rogers. And it was just like a burger place. Um, but after they left, Wendy's definitely became like our go-to. But occasionally we would do and, it, you know, it's the suburbs and it was a small town. So all the fast food places were on like each corner of a four way intersection. (laughs) And on like, if my mom was in a really good mood or it was a special occasion or something, we would do, we do the stop at all. So we'd get, um, (laughs) we'd get like a frosty from Wendy's. We get the fries from McDonald's. We'd get, you know, a chicken sandwich or a burger from, Roy Rogers, and then I don't know what we'd get at the if there was a fourth place we'd stop, but we'd do like the multi course because McDonald's has the best French fries. Nobody does a, I mean, no one else has a frosty, and you know, yeah. we'd mix and match. I, I agree, I agree with all of those, all of those statements. And um, then on, so I guess in the typical like shared custody visitation thing like Wednesday night dinners I would always have with my dad so he would pick me up from school and if we weren't eating with my grandparents we would go out to a place that doesn't exist anymore but it's a sizzler type place called Ponderosa and okay. I've heard of I've heard okay. of Ponderosa before I've seen I've seen it okay before. yeah and I didn't realize that my dad really liked it because that's where he met my mom like back in the day she had been a waitress there and like he went with his parents all the time because my grandmother did not cook and Mm. um that's kind of where he you know flirted with her and wooed her so we would go to ponderosa all the time and he loved it because he wouldn't he would just sneak me in and then not have to pay for me so like we'd walk in the door and he'd be like meet me at the table and he would go through the line to to get his like salad bar and his chopstick always a chopstick cooked to hell um my dad never ate anything that wasn't gray all the way through that's really funny yeah that's a i know a lot of people who are who like the uh 
the the over and then he steak, put like so half it's... a bottle of a one on it well there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that a one is uh a one's good stuff um so ponderosa yeah. ponderosa yeah. Was they disappeared dad, like in the probably mid 90s or at least around where mm-hmm. i was growing up yeah i don't know where i saw an ad for them somewhere but also it you know, if I heard that name, I would automatically think of that, the show. Yeah. Um, whatever it was Bonanza. called. Um, Bonanza. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Rest <laughs> in peace. All, <laughs> they're all gone now. Um, yeah. They wouldn't even have, like, um, it was so funny. And I don't know if Sizzler's the same way, but they wouldn't even have, like, ice cream. Like, they'd have this soft serve, but it was ice milk, they called it. So it was... It was supposed to be soft serve ice cream, but it was ice milk. So it was just a little more watery than ice cream. Yeah. So that's funny that they would admit that because I feel like most of the places that I go to where they have the free soft serve, a lot of the time it's like that, but they'll still claim it's it's ice cream. Who knows? Maybe they were sued and they couldn't say ice cream anymore. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, those 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 cheapo buffet places they always have the the little ice cream bar and stuff there's always a brownie and uh-huh. some mini m&ms to throw you on know top, i so. i love buffets like they are near and dear to my heart probably some of my favorite dining experiences of my life have been buffets and i'm just so sad because they're not going to come back for if if they ever come back no. it's going to be a while and i am sad I think what it's going to become is you're going to just, you're going to pay one price and you're going to point at stuff and they'll just bring you out mini versions of it. You know, like if you want, if you want steak, they're going to bring you a two ounce cut, you know, and so it'll be a lot of small things. That's so fun. Um, And then the other thing too, is people aren't going to be able to just eat one bite of something because that's That's my favorite too. I Um, fill up my plate with like 80 different things and then I take a bite of each thing and then throw the rest away. I'll do two. I'll do two bites. Yeah. It's really good. But yeah, I uh, I actually didn't go to a buffet for like I want to say four or five years. I went to I went to the Bellagio oh, buffet yeah. in Vegas in 2010, and I ate so much and I was so sick. Um, I wasn't sick, but it was just I went back to the room with my friends and I you just sat there full. for like we sat there for like three hours and. A couple years ago, Andrea and I went to Bachamel, that buffet okay. in Vegas. Um, I forget which hotel. It's it's one of the nice ones. It was a $50 yeah. buffet, and it was amazing. And I ate just enough. I learned it. I got it to where I could eat just enough to where I wasn't. Um, but everything there was perfect. It was all cooked. It was all amazing. So, yeah, oh. buffets, oh, craziness. Man. I was um, supposed to go for Thanksgiving this year. My mom was supposed to fly out and we were going to go down to the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego. They do a spectacular, their Thanksgiving like buffet. I think it's like a hundred bucks a person, but it comes with champagne and stuff. And um, of course, are they on the water? Yeah, are they they're the water? on Coronado Island. So there's like a little island where you take a bridge over from San Diego. And I think the hotel's been there since like the 1800s, but they're right on the beach. Yeah. I think I think I did. I think I did that buffet with oh, a friend of mine. Um, I mean, well, it wasn't for me because I just got a two oh, wisdom God. teeth pulled, and and they uh, the dentist hit a nerve, and I so my whole right side of my face was numb oh, for like three months. 
Um, it, yeah, so it sucked. That was um, that was probably the second to last buffet behind this bechamel one. Um, other than oh, yeah, that's that's rough. Um, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> tell me about uh, holiday dinners. Oh man. Um, so my family is Italian, or at least we thought we were really Italian. Twenty three and me is prove that we're we were much more irish than we were italian but if you wasn't there a whole hidden jewish yes yes that also um that came out as well in the the dna testing we knew there was like a jewish great-grandmother back there somewhere but the dna was a lot more than we were thinking um i mean but even that that was an intense story about how your family just pretended to be Catholics, right? To get out of the Holocaust, well, right? So Something they like pretend well, okay, so they were over here in the States already. So they had escaped, Ooh. I think, um, it was from the Russian during the Russian Revolution. They escaped Russia and kind of made their way. But then yeah, when they got here, um they were really persecuted for being the mom was Jewish. So in Jewish culture, it gets passed down through the mother. So it didn't matter that their father no. was Italian Catholic. They were considered by the state of New Jersey to be Jewish. So oh, they wow. basically just kind of decided that they were going to, you know, be Catholic and they like changed the paperwork. I don't know if they ever really got like baptized or anything, but Oh, that's wild. So I had thought they had done all that to get away from the the Nazis, but no, it was persecution from Americans. Yes, it was persecution from Americans. Yep. Nice. That adds a whole other level to the story. But so they really, needless Um, to say, they really embraced the Italian Catholic side. So we grew up, you know, basically kind of culturally being 100% Italian. And, you know, in, in the suburbs of Philly, that's really easy to do because Italian is everywhere. Um, so all of our holiday meals, even even when we were having ham for Easter, there was always a lasagna too, or like a, a <laughs> pot of meatballs on the stove to make meatball subs to go with your, you know, turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> you know, not, not a bad way to live. <laughs> no, of course not. Sounds great. Um, and pizzelles for Christmas. My aunt would come up. Now she really is, she's an aunt by marriage and she's hundred percent Sicilian. So she would mm. come up and she would bring her little pizzel press. And after dinner in between dinner and dessert, she would sit there and make like fresh pizzelles. And then we would just eat them warm and they were so delicious. It, explain to my audience what they, what a pizzelle so it's is. a tiny little, it's a cross between like a cookie and a waffle. Think about a super, super thin waffle to the point where it's just crispy through and through and you make it with a little press. That's, I mean, I guess out here it would be more akin to like a tortilla press with waffle markings on it. Um, You put like a little ball of dough in the middle and you press it totally closed and it spreads out, has this intricate little pattern. Sometimes they look like snowflakes for Christmas. Um, And then it's just this cookie. It would be basically if you folded it up warm, it would be what an ice cream cone is kind of made out of. As soon as you, as soon as you said the, the waffle, I, I remembered what it, or I realized I knew what it was. So, 
Um, so she'd come over. You'd make those yeah. on Christmas. Yeah, that sounds good. It was so, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thanksgiving, Christmas, there was always the um, and the Italian stuff. Yeah, there. that's cool. always a side that's of really the cool. side of Italian. Um, cause I mean, it, if, if you're going to choose between Irish food and Italian food, yeah, Italian, <laughs> or even Russian and Italian, oh. you're going to pick Italian, yeah. Italian. I'll take it. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to pick any food that I like better than Italian. I mean, well, you know, I'm... um, American and the only thing that's truly American is a barbecue, which obviously is, is I'm a big yeah. fan of, but Italian food just has so many options. I mean, they've got like 10 kinds of pizza, um, 100 kinds of pasta, a dozen sauces. um, I've had this conversation with friends and family before where I don't even think of Italian food as like an ethnic food. It's just that's like the food I grew up with. So that's just food to me. (laughs) So when they're (laughs) like, oh, what's your favorite kind of food? I don't even think to say, I mean, obviously, I think you know, obviously Italian would be my favorite, but I don't think of it as, you know, the same way I think of Mexican or Indian or Chinese or Thai. Like, it's just food. Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny how that, how that works. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I never had a, we never really had an identity, I feel like, with the food. Um, I mean, you heard from the, it was always, you know, it was always stews. It was always just a piece of meat with some vegetables and I don't think we ever really had pasta. I never had. I never had mac and cheese growing up. I've never had Easy Mac other than maybe one bite once really? in my life. Uh, yeah, I hate. I hate it. It was the worst thing I ever tasted or smelled. Um, I love the. I love the idea of mac and cheese because it's cheese and it's <laughs> it's it's yeah. dough. You know, like of course they're going to be amazing together. But right. it just you know who has really good mac and cheese? And I'm embarrassed to admit this, but. I've had mac and cheese at fancy restaurants where it was like 20 bucks and this blows every one of those out of the water. Chick-fil-A. They, you can get a mac and cheese side and it's really good. That sounds, yeah. I've had, uh, I've had mac and cheese at some barbecue places where it's like, they, they yeah, bake this the is mac baked and cheese also, yeah. and I find, and, and that's, that's pretty good. I man, I would love to when I was younger work at a Chick Fil A because you always, always know you have Sundays off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like no matter what, you can always you know. But whatever. <laughs> um, you've already mentioned a few meals you won't forget, but give me another one. Um. Well, this is like totally opposite the spectrum. A couple years ago for my birthday, my mom and my aunt and I were down in. Disney World for the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> it was nice. incredible. The whole the whole festival is incredible. But for my very special birthday dinner, we went to a restaurant in Disney World called Victorian Alberts. And it's one of those mm. prefix 7 to 10 course meals. Um you you have to prepay of course. It's like I think the bill was more than my rent for the month at the end of the day um but it was it was so incredible oh my god I'll, I'll I remember every bite of that meal and in retrospect we should have had the meal at the first weekend before we spent an entire week gorging ourselves at the food and wine festival <laughs> but, 
um it was it was so it it was amazing um they had interspersed and they didn't count towards the courses but interspersed there were four bread courses and each bread had a different butter and so they would come Mm. and they would you know there was a specialty like they like carve the butter like into a shape like off this giant butter thing (laughs) it was so amazing and oh my gosh we we'd have like hundred year old balsamic that they would drip onto the dish with like an eyedropper and we had this sherry that was like 80 years old that just set the dessert off spectacularly um every course was like this new sort of adventure the the dinner lasted for four hours and I'm a slow eater but I'm not like but it was like 10 courses right you're it's gonna be slow and um yeah yeah oh my god it was incredible it was oh oh it's like that and I've always won I've never been to French Laundry but I've always wanted to go and that's on my list too but at one point this Victorian Mm -hmm. Albert was listed as the second best restaurant but it was like TripAdvisor or something so it was like you know people ranked as opposed to critic ranked um but they had it as like the number two yeah I was gonna say for for based on like people oh okay I was gonna say for for Florida, they'd probably be like number three is like Arby, <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, I'm I'm really bummed. Actually, I didn't really care, but like El Bulli closed. I always thought it would obviously. I mean, El Bulli was somewhere that was considered like this this amazing restaurant, and that's closed. Um, I would love to go to Noma. And um, that's kind of, I think Nome is probably like my big bucket list restaurant over there and wherever it's at. I don't know where, I don't know ge- ge- geography very you, well. So it's like, is it in LA? Noma. No, Noma's in like one of the oh, Nordic yes. countries. Okay. Yes. Um, it's uh, Rene Renzepi, I believe. I always get him and Magnus Nielsen messed up, but. They're super. Yes, now that you said that, I, I remember it. And it's place. like very like austere and simple inside. Yeah, they they were they have a new location. They've had a new location for a year or two, um, and supposedly a really good restaurant in their old location. Um, but they were on mm-hmm. Bourdain's show. They were on like Chef's Table. But when they opened after um, quarantine, this was like sometime during the summer. The first thing they did was make a burger. So they opened and they were doing like a burger. They had 1,100 people, I think, show up the wow. first day for this burger. Um, all these people from the city had came in because they've been like, oh, I want to see what this guy can do for a burger. And they did, yeah, they did some crazy. They always do the weirdest stuff there, but it sounded cool. really good. I'm, I'm sad that Twanlet um, closed. That was really, I got to eat there twice. That was really incredible. It's it's funny you say that because I I talked to John Emig and he was talking about how how bummed he was that it closed too. He had been there once or twice also and just and really really yeah. liked it a it, lot. It, so. it helps that I didn't have to um, pay for either of those meals, but it always tastes good <laughs> better when it's free. But I was really I would have um, gone back and paid. Yeah. I'd only been to Petit Trois once, and I had their their Big Mac burger, and it was it was pretty damn good with the, the Bordelais sauce. To, I all think over they're still it. open. Yeah, they're still open. I think, and I actually just saw that Vespertine. For anyone who doesn't know, Vespertine is two Michelin stars, the most in Los Angeles of any restaurant. But they're mm-hmm. doing takeout, 
and the takeout's like a hundred bucks. So it's yeah. already sold out. And I was like, I was like, what is that going to be like? Cause they're just such a weird, a weird operation anyway. Well, from up what the it street for like, me so. is Orson Winston and they're doing takeout. Mm. Like a, it's like a meat, you pick up the meal and it's only on, I think Fridays and or Saturdays and Sundays. I have to pre-order, mm. but I'm so curious about that. But I don't know if I'd want that to be my first taste of Orson Winston because it's because they're, yeah, they're they're like, fine like dining, a five right? or seven course um, prefix kind of thing. They don't. Yeah, and that's that's mm-hmm. from Joseph, right? From yeah. Barhama and all that. And yeah, yeah. His um, he had a wild story about how he the name Barhama that he named that after his grandmother, and she her and her husband they were married during the um one of the big mexican uh like civil okay, wars in i the think 20s. and uh, yeah yeah that sounds about right and his so his, the soldiers would go from place to place on trains and the wives of the soldiers would sleep, uh-huh. sleep on top of the trains and <gasps> the train got blown up and she she couldn't find her husband um, and she went back to whatever hometown they were at and she started selling tamales, I believe, right at the train station. Cause she knew if he was alive, he would come back and he would have to Aww. come to the train station. So she was there every, she was there for every day for five years before he returned. Wow. And that, that, I would say that's probably not that, that I think it's the best restaurant in LA, but that's probably my personal favorite that I go to the most. Um, just, and it's so okay. close. Um, but yeah, yeah their yeah. food is consistently really tasty. Yeah, I've always always had really good stuff from them. And his burger, he used to do a burger at a place in Chinatown that's closed now. I think it's where Prime Pizza is now. And it was, man, the burger was so good. I ate it once and they forgot to take the paper off like the onion was on, you know, because they had the, oh, the slices funny. of onion on paper. And so I'm eating the burger and I'm at the bar. And the bartender, the server's like, um, excuse me, there's something in your burger. And I, I took another big bite right after. I was like, I'm fine. I just kept eating. That's so you. And she's like, no. She's like, open that up. She's like, there's there's paper in there. And I was like, okay, here you go. And they, I think they gave me a free dessert. Oh, that's um, so funny. I, I can see that. Um, yeah, yeah that's so good. you. I was like, I, don't, I literally was like, I don't care. And <laughs> I took another big bite. It was, um, I think like 10, yeah. It was oh, that's a good so burger. funny. Um, so you, you spent some time in the service industry. It's yeah, I was time, but, uh, about seven give me, years. Uh, give me a good story. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, so many, so many stories. Um, so f- for most of, I would say for about five years, I worked at Asian restaurants. I don't know why, but I would always be the token white girl at the Asian restaurant. So I worked at Chinese place, a Korean place, a Vietnamese place. And I, yeah, I got really good at my specialty was Vietnamese um, iced coffee. I could make that really well. Um, and I actually am pretty good at making pho. I, 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 I mm. made sure before I left the left the restaurant I went back and had the cooks like teach me what they did because the pho was really good the management was horrible but the pho was really good um but the yeah oh man of all the restaurants I worked at I'll I've only continued to eat at one of them which is downtown it's a Chinese restaurant called New Moon 
and I think I think that says a lot that I'll still that I'll still eat there even though I don't work there anymore um but let me I'm thinking of gosh the I worked for some awful people in the restaurant there's a lot of awful people in the restaurant industry and a lot of poor management um there used I used to work at, at a burger place that was in my downstairs in my apartment building it was the best commute I ever had but the owners were horrible and I guess this isn't so much a it ties into the restaurant so is this the spot next to the freeway is that the like no, uh, your no. old this apartment is the like, place I'm in now so it was right on 6th street it oh. was right next to Cole's mm. called Blue LA oh okay so it wasn't it was okay. And okay. the the owners were so horrible. They would routinely just scream <laughs> at you in front of patrons out on the dining room floor. Like I've seen them like reduce service staff to tears and then, you know, the patrons would be horrified and I mean sometimes you'd get a good tip because you'd been crying and screamed at. So I guess <laughs> that was like a plus. But they were really, really awful. And they were also really paranoid. And, uh, well, kind of like when we worked at Swark and Trish would watch us on the camera from home, they did the same thing. So they would, you'd get a phone call, like nobody's, you know, refilled, blah, 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 and realize that they're watching you from home on, on the cameras. It was super creepy. So I decided I was going to cover my ass. And so I printed out really detailed reports from the register, um, duplicate reports every night every time my shift finished because I was like they're gonna try to like frame me for like doing something and I just want to like cover myself so it ended up they after oh man I've worked at multiple places that have bounced paychecks to me but this was another one of those places (laughs) and after you know a couple bounced paychecks I I quit because I'm like, hey, you guys aren't paying me and I'm continuing to work. You know, this, this is over. And soon after, they went out of business. Not surprising. But they had been running some shady stuff with taxes. So about six months after they mm-hmm. closed, I was contacted by the IRS, an agent who was investigating wow. them, and they had gotten my information from, like, employee payroll records. And they said, hey, you know, you know, we're investigating these people. And um, if, you know, if you have any information, and I was like, actually, I printed out duplicate reports of the register for every shift I worked for the last, like, six months that I worked there. I'm happy to send you guys all of that stuff. <laughs> so I made <laughs> photocopies and I sent them, I sent them the originals. And when, you know, the agent received it, she was like, thank you so much. You've like saved us so much work. And like, we're really going to be able to nail these guys now. And I was like, good. And because, you know, they still owed me money. And so I was just really happy that I could help the IRS nail them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A bunch of assholes. Yeah. Yeah, The industry does attract, attract assholes. Yeah. And, but they they seem to be doing good though. They always had a they steady seem flow to be doing good. And I know they weren't paying yeah. their employees half the time, so the money was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I there's a lot of stories about businesses in Los Angeles that are fronts for for criminal organizations. Um, and a lot of those businesses, they're the business that you never see anyone in. Yes, still yeah. Open somehow, um, you know, because they can just make it look. Yeah. I mean, you look at Broadway. You know, all those the electronic stores. The nobody, nobody, um, <laughs> nobody, nobody whatsoever. So, Crystal, tell me about your. Th- First memories of pizza. Um, it's it's nothing, it's nothing exciting or gourmet. But some of my first memories involving pizza are going to the local Pizza Hut restaurant. Back when you would go to Pizza Hut, it was it wasn't a delivery situation. Yeah. It was you could take it out, but mm-hmm. mostly you ate there, and you went and they'd have yep. a little salad bar. So you do a little similar to the ponderosa sizzler experience you do your little salad bar and then you order your pizza and they you know they did the pan what was it pan crust or yeah pan yeah just pan pan pizza pizza, right and it would come out in the big hot little thing and the little cheese would be all crispy around the edges and it was really good i guess because i didn't know any better but maybe it was better back then um, oh, I'm sure it was better. And I, yeah, I remember, I remember that, and how that was like a treat. Like to go there was a treat. Um, I know you, like me, have also been to probably many Chuck E. Cheese birthdays. Um, mm-hmm. I do have memories yeah. of those. I remember more of the games and the creepy animatronic rat band, right? Um, <laughs> I remember really clearly going to a birthday party for my friend. Ashley, who was, I think she was maybe turning four. So I was probably five. And just seeing that band was just burned into my memory. And it, I was kind of horrified, but I also couldn't look away. Um, yeah, there were some, like some of them were rats. And then some of them were a- animals that I don't think are real animals. Like they look like kind of like there was a guy that was purple and he had these bulging eyes and he played like the banjo or something and the, the speed freak, i don't even know what it was supposed to be well so 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 in anchorage when i was growing up in anchorage they had chuck e cheese but then for about a year period in one of the malls they had a ripoff <laughs> of chuck e cheese so it had the games it had the band but it was like a place half the size and it was and the band was like so good. <laughs> and good. they were like, they were even weirder. They, it was like, I want to say it was a dog oh, was yes. the main yeah. thing. It Droopy like, ears. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was sad, but I went to one kid's birthday party there. That was the only time I ever went to the, the, the knockoff one. And it was weird. It was actually, so this is a weird story. This kid, my mom worked for, I want to say she worked for the state. And there were a couple of women in her office and one of the women had a child who was my age, like five, six. And then there was another woman in the office and they would always talk these two women about how the other woman was going to marry her son when he became an adult. (laughs) Um, And and even though this woman is an adult and it was like, I just remember this. Yeah. This that's the only thing I remember about this kid whose birthday party I went to at the Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. That is very disturbing. Um, well, you know what's funny but, about yeah, so what are you, gonna do? you know I did the Chuck E. Cheese thing when I was a kid, and then 
later, um, I have a a half brother who's 12 years younger than me. And so when he was, you know, four or five, we would go back to Chuck E. Cheese and I would get dragged along. Here I am in high school getting dragged along to go to dinner at Chuck E. Cheese because it's Taylor's birthday or it's his turn to pick or he got A's on his report card and that's the restaurant he picks or, you know, whatever. And I just seeing it all again from, you know, a quote unquote grown up point of view, I was just, what is happening here? Like, <laughs> get these little tokens in the ball pit to me was even so gross then. Oh, the food was inedible. And I remember thinking, I, I used to like this. Like, I used to want to come here. What? Oh, God. Man, I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese after taking, snorting some Oxycontin <laughs> when I was like 20 years old because we couldn't go to the bar yet and hanging out there just playing. I, don't like even, I didn't even know they would that. let you in without a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was 20. I probably didn't even, have, yeah. I was probably wearing shorts. I didn't even, have, I didn't wear jeans for like two years. Um, but yeah, that was fun. But I think, I think that might have been the last Korea time town. I was in a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, well, there's one in Eagle Rock. There's one. I mean, it's uh, there's is now, one in Koreatown. I know that. I can't imagine ball yeah. pits are going to come back anytime soon either. No, I think ball pits are are, are gone. I had a friend once yeah. who made a ball pit um, in his loft. He had a, one of those really big warehouse loft, and uh, yeah, he had the balls. Apparently, there's some place in Sweden that makes the best balls for ball pits, and he had the the balls imported. Serious. Get out of here. That's bullshit. That is the it's most so LA thing I've ever heard. That beats that trumps every other thing. Oh well. Um so Crystal, if I had mentioned the word barbecue to you when you were younger, you know, high school, whatever, or even younger, and I were to mention barbecue now, what would So you barbecue of? growing up was hot dogs and hamburgers. That was a barbecue. Okay. Um maybe you'd get some like chicken drumsticks that had barbecue sauce on them on the grill. Maybe, but yeah, bar- like a backyard barbecue was pretty much just that. Um, I remember the first time I went, my stepmother's from the Midwest and we started going, spending a couple weeks in the summer there. Um, probably when I was, maybe middle school age. And that was the first time I ever had like pulled pork. And I very clearly remember it because I was like, this is delicious. And I haven't had this. And I'm like, I wasted like 13 years of my life without pulled pork. Um, And they also, (laughs) um, it was the first time I'd ever had like smoked meat. So uh, my stepmother's father had a smoker. And so he would smoke various things um he would pretty much try to smoke like anything he could find or like he's like I wonder if this will smoke good um and there was he would do a lot of like brats and stuff and I but I guess like that's that influences more a midwestern thing um yeah so then that kind of expanded my idea of barbecue but I didn't I don't think I'd ever even had a brisket until I was in LA. Um, so like college mm. and after. 
And I, you know, you took me to some of, there was a place we went that was up in the Valley. And I remember like complaining about like, like you're taking oh. me to the Valley. And I'm trying to remember what the name of the, the barbecue place was. But... The, the place was, it was probably okay. Smoke City Market. Um, and they were like, it was, um, yeah. they had yep. the butcher paper. Everything was on butcher paper. Yeah. That was probably, uh, that's probably my favorite place of all time. But it's been closed for five, six, seven years now. Yeah, so. that was good. I, I was in Austin <laughs> last year and I wanted so badly to go to Terry Black's, but it was uh, Formula One weekend and there was just, it was like a three hour line. And so we ended up at the Mexican place next door, which was really incredible, but you know, not barbecue. So the, the hack is in Austin, there's that place Franklin's, which everybody, it's kind of the, the big spot. Everybody waits in line for, if you order, pre-order a pound of brisket, you can just pick up the really? next, pick it up the next day. You don't have to like, wait in line or anything yeah so i'm 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 planning a southern barbecue oh, hike right now so for sometime in the, the new year so i'm gonna be ready um well we've already mentioned a lot of restaurants that you wish hadn't closed but give me give me one more anywhere in the anywhere world, in the world. <laughs> if you can and if you want to even make one up and try to convince me that it's real i'm <laughs> I'm not going to Google okay, this, it's so it not, doesn't matter, you know? Like, it's not good. It wasn't good. But I have such strong, like, nostalgia for this place that I wish it still existed. Um, it was a Mexican chain from, like, the 80s and 90s on the East Coast called Chi-Chi's. And you can still find Chi-Chi's salsa and uh, tortilla shells sometimes in a like a supermarket somewhere but the restaurant's been out of business since i think the early 2000s and it was just before moving to california and like experiencing like really good mexican this was you know everything i loved about mexican um you'd walk in and it was everything was like a dough the outside of the restaurant looked like an adobe with the fake like posts sticking out of it and you'd go in and they'd have like <laughs> you know a mariachi band wandering around and all the waiters and waitresses were in like full like garb like they're working at Disney World or something um for your birthday was my favorite place to have a birthday cuz they'd come out and they'd sing and they'd put a sombrero on your head <laughs> And they had um, <laughs> Mexican fried ice cream, which is not authentic, but oh, yeah. is delicious. And, oh, man, I just, I loved that place. It was always, like, fun to go there because it was, like, you know, stepping into a different world. <laughs> yeah, I really like that place. Hmm. You, can, you can get a little bit of that flavor at, like, an El Cholo, but it's, it's, it was just much cheesier. Um, I, I, I do miss that place. Another place that's like more contemporary and realistic that I wish was back was Pete's Cafe that used to be downtown on 4th and Main. Oh yeah. And you know, they never, they, they just should have kept it or they should, someone should reopen it because it, the service was terrible. The food was very good. The service was terrible, but you went there because... It was like the only place in the neighborhood. 
And they had blue cheese fries that I have tried to recreate <laughs> so many times for so many years and cannot do it. So if anyone's who's listening to this right now who used to work at Pete's Cafe and knows the recipe for blue cheese fries, you're standing on a gold mine because it was just perfectly crispy, thin French fries with it, – it was kind of a blue cheese sauce, but it wasn't really saucy. It just managed – like the blue cheese coated all the fries and there were still some chunks in there. And, oh, my God, that and a glass of Cabernet was like the perfect – the perfect meal. That's funny. Um, so yesterday when I interviewed John Imig, Stop he it. had literally no the exact same. <laughs> he was, he was, well, he actually, he started by talking oh, about yeah. uh, bar 107. Um, and I thought he was talking about Pete's and then he was like, then he brought up Pete's and the, the blue cheese fries. <laughs> he didn't get as in depth. As yeah, oh, did. that's so funny. See, but, it needs to come back. Um, if I had like an unlimited, like, yeah, I don't know, fund to, to start something. I would, I, you know, I know restaurants are not like a place to make money, <laughs> but I, I love food and I love restaurants and I love like seeing people eat um, that I, if, you know, if I had a lot of money or if I won the lottery or something, I would want to open a restaurant, even though I know it would be the bane of my existence. I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to say, you sound like literally the worst. Owner. This is a, there's a reason you work for other people and you don't own because you just, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Here, try this. Some more on try the house, that. Of course. Don't worry about yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Make everybody happy. Uh, I do the, yeah, well, that's what I, I need to never do if I, uh, whenever I open my place. So not be no. the, the nice person that I am, you know. Um, and that's another thing too, when you open your own business, you can't think of it as just money. That's then that's, that's the places that always go out of business. You hear about somebody who's, Oh yeah, my husband just gave me some money to do something yeah. or, you know, and they open a little card store and then well, six and that, months that later, drives me crazy living um, because... in downtown over the years. I've seen so many places that had real potential, but no business plan to weather the first two years. Like you need to be prepared not to make money for two years. And when places come yeah. and then they stay open for three months and they've closed before I even got a chance to try it. And I'm like, how, how did you only plan for three months? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, there's always, there's so many other factors yeah. too on anything, you know, like it, the, the funniest thing is when you walk down the beach and you see a house on the beach that's empty and it's been empty for a year or two years. And you go, there's two people who must really hate yeah. each other going through a divorce right now. And they just refuse to yeah, let anyone. That could be. Um, but, you know. Well, Crystal, thank you very much for yeah, no problem. giving us an hour of your time. Um, I appreciate it. And um, all my listeners will enjoy hearing your, so. your tales of New Jersey. Um, well, thank you very much. And until next time, everybody. talk. Thank you for tuning in to Food POV with Jason Parker. Until next week, stay hungry.